section eight of travels to oaxaca by nicholas joseph thierry de menonville an anonymous translation from the french this librivox recording is in the public domain i used every precaution not to miss the road but directing my steps too much towards the north i again strayed from my way and was lost nearly an hour in the sands however recognizing in the heavens the ear of corn of the constellation virgo and mars and saturn which were already in the east i directed my steps westward till daybreak at four i overheard the country people going to market and guided by their voice kept on a parallel with the road but about a hundred fathoms distant to avoid being seen at length by dawn of day the road taking through a forest i was obliged to enter it but i took the precaution to slacken my pace as often as i distinguished any indians negroes or spaniards after they had passed i made up for lost time at five o'clock i had cleared the forest and was two leagues and a half from vera cruz here the road divided and occasioned a new embarrassment perceiving a muleteer with a train of a hundred and twenty mules advancing i put questions to him with caution and learnt that he came from oaxaca by the road of monte calabaza which he pointed out to me observing at the same time that he passed it the day before after this very good said i to myself to-night i shall sleep at calabaza and sauntering leisurely along till he was out of sight proceeded on my way but when no longer visible to the muleteer i got on at such a rate that by eleven o'clock i had travelled nine german leagues i drank a glass of brandy and ate a biscuit in a tavern by the roadside near the forest this satisfied me till nine o'clock when i was parched with thirst i was walking in a level savannah thinly strewed with copses of mimosa cornigera bombax saba and wild fig trees save where these made their casual appearance the earth was bare for we were now at the close of winter that is to say of the dry heats which parch all the herbage and the cottagers had set fire to the dry grass to admit of the young blades pushing after the rain it was to me a spectacle truly pleasing to behold already from the plain where i stood the mountains alvarado on the south those of orizaba on the west and the sierra leona on the northwest forming a natural rampart extending the space of a hundred and fifty leagues and which mountains i trusted soon to surmount but in the meantime i was dying with heat and thirst i met two muleteers conducting two hundred and fifty mules i entreated them to sell me some water they answered they were not water sellers but at the same time one of them unfastened from the pommel of his saddle a bottle full and presented it to me when i had drunk after this fashion much at my ease i pulled out my purse but flicking the spurs into their mules the muleteers merely called out vaya usted con dios god be with you i continued my way 
by eleven i found myself as thirsty as ever i fancied i distinguished a hut it turned out however to be only one of those mexican ornaments of which on my road i met with several formed of earth in a pyramidal shape from thirty-five to forty feet high on a base of twenty and bearing a perfect resemblance to our ice-houses i looked round in vain on every side no habitation was visible nearer than six leagues toward the north i could not travel thus far out of my road i felt no fatigue the road was good but i was dying with thirst i imagined i had made a charming discovery on distinguishing in a thicket a kind of spherical cucumber it is but insipid said i to myself but it is aqueous and refreshing i ran to the spot gathered and even bit one the electric shock is not more sudden of effect i thought myself poisoned in this dry and spongy fruit i found a hot and corrosive bitterness which increased my thirst in the proportion as sulphur and bitumen would the flames of a burning pyre foolish botanist then said i to myself did you then imagine that all small gourds are the same this will teach you more carefully to study the different species the size of the fruit equal to that of our melons and its round figure completely deluded me i therefore sought some other assager of thirst i saw some fruit of a certain cactus called by the spaniards tunas it is a species of apuntia found in santa domingo with red fruit i took two or three of these figs peeled and ate them these greatly lessened my thirst when i plucked others and devoured near thirty but failing possibly of peeling them with due care their burning cottony covering occasioned my tongue and lips to swell immediately and i found myself on the point of suffocation i still continued my journey and met with no one at times the leaves of trees agitated by zephyrs struck the ear in the manner of distant waterfalls or some murmuring brook while listening to this pleasing promise the winds stilled into calm i no longer heard anything and almost resigned myself to despair in the meantime the god of day already four-and-twenty degrees above the horizon darted his unsheltered beams upon me a thousand times reflected by the burning plain beneath i had merely a very light sea breeze at my back before an immense plain eighty leagues deep presented to my view at the extremity nothing but lofty mountains it seemed as if all nature conspired against me i thought at one instant i plainly distinguished the roof of a hut i quickened my steps but after going three-quarters of a league in the direction i saw it i found myself in a little thicket where no longer perceiving the object i fancied myself mistaken and for once lost all patience i halted and looking carefully around a bombax to see if there were neither a serpent nor mosquitoes to dread i laid down under its shade and slept nearly two hours 
the sun had now passed its meridian i rose and sad enough continued my journey but oh unlooked-for happiness i had scarcely proceeded a quarter of a league before i distinctly saw the house i thought i had seen before it was still about six hundred yards from me on the summit of a hillock near the river hamapa to reach it took but an instant and enchanted with the sight of that beautiful river i would fain have leapt into its waves i entered the cabin about three in the afternoon the host was a shepherd but i conjured as well as the hostess por amor de dios to give me drink and food this they did with all diligence i drank successively a quart of water two quarts of milk and as many of lemonade and devoured the wing and thigh of a turkey with three fresh laid eggs before i answered the least question the shepherd asked me if i was a spaniard castellano i answered i was a physician of catalonia i judged as much said he from your gait you europeans take longer strides than we creoles thus do those who are most nearly connected with nature observe her with keenest eye as the shepherd seemed to me rather curious and discerning i paid him and complaining of a dreadful headache threw myself on a hurdle made of branches where i fell asleep four reals which i gave my host earned me at least four thousand benedictions i slept so tranquilly that i did not wake until three the next morning the morning broke on the world here only at four still i did not fail pursuing my journey without taking leave of my hosts for fear of awakening them i descended the hill and reached the side of the river at first i was under some embarrassment respecting the means of crossing it but recollecting that it is but a branch of the same river which flows by medellin and that it is not deep i was on the point of undressing myself to wade over when about twenty fathoms higher up i distinguished a flat-bottomed canoe i jumped into it and seizing a boat-hook pushed over in an instant to the other side in no part did i find more than three feet water though the river was two hundred yards broad by jumping on shore i awakened a dog which began to bark and soon after i noticed a negro looking at me over a hedge i asked him what was the fare of the ferry a real was his reply and give it me said i jokingly for having done your work for you he at this was content to receive nothing though i left him his fare at this spot i avoided the first danger i had to encounter the right passage as i learnt on my return is lower down and there a corps de garde is stationed and a picket of pikemen my ignorance of the right road thus freed me from many interrogatories after passing this river i had no other to cross for sixteen leagues i tripped along lightly by narrow but good and easy paths for the space of six leagues i saw not a single human being 
and should willingly have fancied myself for an instant the only one in nature but for an immense number of rabbits far from wild that gambled in my pathway few deserts are seen equally beautiful more than half the ground consists of an excellent staple of loamy earth yellow or black and well adapted to cultivation the remainder of savannas at six in the morning i heard turkeys on my right which made me imagine myself near some dwelling about seven i saw a dozen of them spring forth from some withered herbage before me and fly away with a terrible noise their flight was so rapid and so long continued that i was satisfied of their being wild turkeys a quarter of an hour after two others ran from the ground about a hundred steps from me and afterwards three more from my left circumstances which convinced me of their being an indian production or at least of their having become naturalized in the country and shook off the domestic yoke by nine in the morning i found myself within reach of what is called a rancho a sort of canteen here i found an old curious and impudent negress but neither bread nor meat nor eggs nor brandy i was fain to be content with a dish of hard beans badly stewed and a morsel of bread i had brought with me from vera cruz happy precaution i made myself some punch with tafia rum and afterwards took three hours rest on a frame of bamboo in the shape of a bedstead at one in the afternoon i continued my journey the sky was overclouded and a brisk wind blew in the morning i had crossed five arroyos or torrent beds and in the afternoon passed again twelve others nothing can be conceived more fatiguing and unpleasant than these passes owing to the trunks of trees blocks of stone and monstrous pebbles with which they are strewed i was indeed in a slight degree indemnified by the variety of the plants i found in them i saw a mimosa perfectly similar in leaf and port to the pomegranate tree yuccas sixty feet high ferns of very singular kinds an arum with an upright but low stem and a palmated panatophid leaf a plant of great beauty but so large that a root would weigh ten pounds polyanthus amaryllis etc i found among these torrent beds likewise several wild horses but very rarely any water at length i reached mount calabasa by five in the evening much fatigued the apprehension of losing my way and of not readily finding any other resting place made me determine on halting here i expected to have found it a village it was but a rancho or hostel round which horses horned and other cattle were reared and nothing but maize was sown which serves for food as well to the cattle as their guardians these ranchos are composed of three or four wretched huts the demen dependent on them is sometimes from ten to twenty-five leagues square in which were about a hundred horses 
three or four hundred sheep and a few hundred cows this rancho was extensive the farmer a spaniard or at least of mixed breed was about sixty years of age of handsome figure civil but grave and of rather as he seemed to me a harsh character i accosted him and entreated shelter he granted my request admonishing me beforehand that he kept no inn and had neither bread nor meat nor wine nor brandy but to what he had i was heartily welcome i begged of him half a dozen eggs which i ate with tortillas these tortillas are cakes made of maize first boiled in water into which a handful of lime is cast to soften the exterior skin the skin is afterwards washed off and the peeled maize is crushed with a cylindrical stone by rolling it over a flat one eighteen inches long by ten broad after this first process it is kneaded with the hand and rounded and flattened to the thickness of about four lines it is then baked on a stone or iron plate heated for the purpose and turned that both sides may be properly baked in two minutes the cake is made it is always an insipid food but very stomachic never causes indigestion and at no time occasioned me any inconvenience in a family consisting of two women and five or six men the former are constantly employed morning and night in preparing tortillas five or six are requisite for one person at each meal and they are constantly eaten fresh my host who appeared to me to be an old soldier and who as i afterwards learnt was really one of those pikemen whom i so much dreaded seemed a wily old fox at least by the questions he put to me but as i had undoubtedly every resemblance of a physician he could but give me credit for my tale notwithstanding this he pertinaciously refused me a horse for the next day for i thought myself now far enough from vera cruz to venture this indulgence i was however forced to forego it i offered to pay him for his supper but he refused to take any recompense upon this i gave four reals to his wife or mistress for though he had a number of children i could not learn from him whether or no he was married my liberality earned me for the night the enjoyment of an old cloak which had once been blue but which from service had become gray in this i wrapped myself and laid me down on a mat on the floor of a neighboring penthouse lean-to but for this kindness i risked to have died of cold for scarcely had i left the door of the hut before one of those dreadful storms of rain fell which are termed at santa domingo avalanches and of which the drops are as large and fall with as loud a sound as the most formidable hailstones of europe the noise they made was frightful the rain driven by the wind penetrated the branches and leaves which covered the penthouse and ran through it as from so many spouts in an instant the whole of the interior was drenched one would have thought a waterspout had burst over the place 
the weather caused me the most mournful reflections in a country intersected by torrents and rivers if this storm should only be the precursor of others how should i be able to travel especially on my return with the booty i hoped to gain could even the best horse in the world carry me safe among the rocks and trees which are almost always brought down from the ravines from such storms these reflections were very far from comfortable but having planned everything for the best i had no other reliance than on providence with this conclusion i covered my head with the cloak and enjoyed a profound sleep till four the next morning the melancholy ideas which had afflicted me the evening before vanished with the shades of night a clear and serene sky a cool morning the prospect of the mountains of orizaba from which i was now but twenty leagues distant their branch which advanced forward about eight leagues like a steep and inaccessible rampart along the whole contour of the plain delighted me and instilled fresh courage in my breast from vera cruz i constantly advanced southwest here the mountains in front of the plain having no opening on the west the road bends several points towards the south it is worthy of remark that throughout this vast plain the course of the torrents and rivers is from northwest to southeast and that their beds though in a country so flat as to seem level have considerable depth this singularity arises no doubt from their descending uniformly from the mountains of orizaba and from the immense volumes of water proceeding from the melted snow and the hot springs of these mountains having by their weight and impulse gradually excavated the country to a vast distance and thus in the lapse of time worked a slope for themselves which they do not seem to have possessed at an earlier period though the rain was dreadfully violent during the night such was the parched state of these sandy cantons that the ground was moistened scarcely two inches below the surface on this day's journey i found oaks with ovate leaves slightly dentated a white amaryllis which i brought back with me a polyanthus whose rasped root is used by the indians in lieu of soap three large flocks of sheep twenty coveys of partridges not so large as quails and rabbits out of number i had to pass moreover no less than sixteen arroyos the soil appeared to me generally more fertile and of better staple than that observed the day before still it is not the less uncultivated and without inhabitants by eleven in the morning i had travelled eight leagues without eating and without drinking anything but a little lemonade that i procured of two indians who were building a hut and who were the only rational beings i met with i now found myself at the foot of the first chain of mountains but the steep and almost perpendicular declivity before me the projecting rocks of which were discernible through the hanging woods formed only a portion of the obstacles which nature not satisfied with this bulwark 
had opposed to the entrance into mexico in advance of these steeps and at the very foot of them she has formed an enormous fosse at the bottom of which runs a river ten fathoms broad of such rapid such violent current that it has dug itself a bed through ten strata of different kinds of stone of eighty feet deep over this bed it winds its course like a serpent amid the sands almost without a murmur but foaming and with the rapidity of lightning on throwing a pebble into the river i judged the depth of it to be fifteen feet when from a wretched bridge made of half-rotten bavens bundles of brushwood by which this river is crossed one looks down on the torrent below the head turns dizzy at the extremity of this bridge is a rock which commands and covers it in such manner that ten men might keep as many regiments in check in the rock an angular and zigzag passage is cut through which the road lies and in which no more than two persons can march abreast add to this a few pieces of artillery placed on the summit could thence destroy an entire army venturing to force a passage half a league lower down is another river which empties itself into this called the rio de la punta or of the point this is not so deeply encased as the one it joins i found at the end of the bridge by which it is passed a spaniard who received toll as he had neither bread nor wine i resolved on proceeding to dine at san lorenzo though the distance was full three leagues the toll-gatherer warned me de las aguas the coming rain i heeded him not but had cause to repent a heavy shower quickly brought me back and subjected me to his jeers on its ceasing i resumed my road and soon reached some sugar grounds which seemed to me forsaken notwithstanding the buildings were capacious the plantations very extensive and the canes fifteen feet high at length i came to a ravine the bed of a torrent a hundred and fifty fathoms broad and forty feet deep i fancied before me the enormous skeleton of some extinct river if such an expression be permitted the only one i could fancy adequate to depict the gigantic ideas enforced on my imagination by the singular spectacle of the rocks the immense trunks of trees the enormous stones of all colors rounded by long and violent friction which were piled on each other in confusion in the chasm what a horrid spectacle but yet how magnificent how terrible all these masses now motionless and surrounded by deepest silence had erst been driven with resistless impetuosity had experienced amid the noise of horrid crash and dashing foam an active change of station how mightily powerful then must have been the vast and inconceivable volume of water that thus could have made the sport of weights and bulks like these 
scarcely though the bed was dry was i enabled to pass these obstructions to my way picture to yourself reader this chasm winding vast and deep enclosed on either side by a forest of trees equally lofty still and sombre and ask what painter could venture the display of scenes so wild and monstrous oh vernet tis thou alone perhaps would not in vain have dared note claude joseph vernet an eighteenth-century french painter here it was i saw many pairs of those beautiful parrots of the brazils with pointed tails called arara canjas of the amazons with green plumage mixed with the yellow of the jonquil and of the size of the guinea parrot and a bird of prey black and white with red feathers round the beak the size of our buzzard a most excellent staple in addition presented me on every side a vegetation equally abundant and varied but alas it was impossible for me to load myself with such a mass of treasure i therefore made the best of my way with my eyes cast down and solicitous almost of avoiding the sight of objects i could not choose but sigh for at length i arrived excessively fatigued at san lorenzo the inn here is for a spanish inn a charming one and to me was truly so the mistress was civil and i was served with diligence i had four fresh eggs a chicken and some excellent bread together with some red wine immediately after i departed resolved on reaching via cordoba that day but scarcely had i left the churchyard where i had been to examine at leisure its plumeria frangipani with purple rosy and yellow colored flowers and thirty feet high before the rain again began to fall i took shelter under an indian hut when at the instant a negro passed me with three horses the same i had seen before at la punta i did not venture to accost the negro before the spaniard but with indians i was rendered bold by necessity i asked him to let me one of his horses and he agreed to conduct me as far as to his village two leagues beyond but the name of which i forget i jumped on horseback upon this without either boots spur or cloak the negro in order to shelter me from the rain contrived to cover my head with a mat which hung down before and behind like a dalmatian mantle never was robinson crusoe more grotesquely apparelled end of section eight